Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 29 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show, and we're available on all podcast apps. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review. I'm Gerard DeTrolio here with Paul Avosh. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Gerard, here on this. Uh, nice February day. And I actually went to the uh, opera on the weekend. How was the opera? Ah, it was great. It was really total of fun. It was the uh, biblical story of Samson e Delilah. And it was a French opera as well, which I don't really think is something that you commonly see. Okay. I've never actually been to a real opera, so. It's well worth the, it's well worth the prize. Like, it's, it's always a ton of fun. All right. Well, I'll have to try that out. But from the opera, we go all the way to the island of Kyushu. And where else can you get 
Kyushu Pro coverage, but on this very podcast. But Paul, you have a report on a new trainee there. Yes, exactly. So Kyushu Pro, uh, we covered it a bit on the last show as well, is Tajiri is their new trainer, and they've been actively trying to recruit foreigners to the dojo. And they're actually already bringing in the first person now. Uh, his name is Owen Blanco, and he is a Maltese wrestler uh, from there. I'm pretty sure he was uh, trained by Gianni Valletta. So they decided to bring him in, and I watched his first match. Uh, he definitely seems like someone that uh, has pretty good instincts. I think there's a lot of potential there. He's still very raw. And he also had a tendency as well to just keep on talking during his match, which I don't think really worked all that well. But hopefully that is something that he will stop doing uh, going forward as well. So are you saying that he's clearly been watching a lot of Roman's Reigns matches with his uh, talkativeness? Yeah, I think that's a very like good likelihood that that's where he got it from. And yeah, it's a bit annoying right now. <laughs> but aside from that, I thought he looked good. And hopefully once he gets that out of his system, I think he has the potential to be a pretty good worker as well. Uh, so from there, that's something that we'll definitely keep an eye on. And from there, we start off. Uh, we have a really big show this week because a lot of a lot has happened <laughs> since we recorded last, both good and bad. So we start off with All Japan Pro Wrestling and their New Year's Giant Series 2023 at Corken Hall on January 22nd in front of only 504 fans. And I believe this is their lowest Corken since, I want to say, mid-2021. Yeah, definitely was not a great number, but I'm not too worried about it because I think they just got unlucky with the two big shows in Yokohama Arena. Absolutely, and especially with that uh, great Muda Bye Bye show that eats into their demographic. Because uh, I don't know if you saw Paul, but like uh, famous uh, All Japan attendee Fat Tiger Mask was in the crowd of either that or Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama Arena. Yeah, and also with what Noah has been charging for these uh, Muta shows as well, I wouldn't be surprised if people just didn't have the spare income to also go to the All Japan show as well. Yeah, because that Kurokin show was like an 11.30 a.m. start. So you probably could have hopped on the train to Yokohama pretty easily. But yeah, it's pricey. Yeah, so I wouldn't read too much into this until unless this becomes a trend type thing. And so we start off uh, the first match of the show. Black Mensuray and Kotaro Suzuki defeated Rising Hayato and Oji Shiba in 8 minutes and 4 seconds when Suzuki used the Blue Destiny on uh, Hayato, somewhat surprisingly, but it would make sense later. This was a really good opener, I thought. Yeah, I'm actually really happy with Kotaro Suzuki being in All Japan now. I think he actually really adds a lot to the junior division right now. Or, uh, well, a return to the roster. <laughs> Yes, the turn's been good so far, and he's still great in the ring as well. Absolutely. And uh, next up, we had Naruki Doi and Hokuto Omori in their faction that still doesn't have a name. They defeated uh, Yuma Anzai and uh, Ryo Inoue in 8 minutes and 1 seconds when uh, Doi used the Bakaktare sliding kick on Inoue. I thought this was really good. Um, you know, all action, uh, Anzai and Inoue got some shine and everything. And I think Doi has also been a really good addition to the roster. Yeah, I think Doi has been doing awesome so far. 
And I would actually like to see this match once Anzai and Inoue aren't young boys anymore. Because I think there is the potential there for them to have an even better match than this. And once they're kind of unleashed from young boy status, I think these four men could actually have really excellent match against each other. Definitely. And in the Battle Arts offer match for the Geora TV title, Minoru Tanaka defeated Toshizo in 10 minutes and 17 seconds with a ground cobra twist. Uh, and so uh, Minoru Tanaka becomes the um, 23rd Geora TV champion. And I thought this was pretty good, not great. Uh, finish was a little silly because they just wanted to give Tanaka the win with the roll up. But I thought this was solid and what about it, what I expected. I thought this was pretty good as well, which I really think this whole Toshizo Gera TV title reign has actually been incredibly solid. Because when he won the title, I was really afraid it was just going to be voodoo murderous bullshit the entire time. But that's not what this title reign has been at all. Like, he really just wrestled, like, very solid, straightforward matches. And I don't think any Voodoo Murderers members have even come out with him for any of his title matches. I can't remember. So anyway, even if they did, it didn't stand out or anything like that. Yeah, I thought this title reign was really, like, a lot more solid than I really would have expected it to be for the title, at least. Yeah, by Gaiara TV standards, definitely good. Yeah, no, I would probably say it's probably like in the top half of all-time Georgia TV title reigns. <laughs> and then next up in the uh, Shotaro Ashino return match, uh, Yuji Nagata, Dan Tamara, and Hikaru Sato defeated Sh- Shotaro Ashino, Ryuki Honda, and Masao Hanabata in 8 minutes and 15 seconds when uh, Nagata used the Nagata Lock 54 on Hanabata. Uh, somewhat of a surprising result given... Uh, Ashino got a warm reception. I forgot to add this had this was a cheering show, and it's all Japan's. Fir- it was all Japan's first cheering cork and hall show since uh, the pandemic started. And well, it won't be their last because now we know that cheering is back, finally. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a solid match with the somewhat surprising that uh, Gungnir of Anarchy would lose this. Well, you can never bet against all Japan kind of screwing around with Ashino's booking and. They did it here yet again. But I really hope that just based on the reactions that he got in this show, that they will kind of finally just change gear and start pushing him more seriously. Because he was just super over here. And I I mean, if this doesn't convince them that he's worth pushing, then I'm not quite sure what will actually convince them. Yeah, because he was really over on those Shin... He was really over on those Shinkiba shows too. Yeah, exactly. So he has shown multiple times now that he's one of the most over people in the entire company. So I think he really should be someone that should be pushed seriously, and it's high time for that. Next up, Voodoo Murder's team of Suwama, Kono, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito defeated Chuji Ishikawa, Takao, Mori, Yoshitatsu, and finally Ren Ayabe, who has returned to All Japan in 10 minutes and 47 seconds when... Suwama used a backdrop suplex on Omori. Paul, can you do you think that uh, Voodoo Murders got along in this match? I don't know. All I really got was that this angle just doesn't end. Like they blew it up already, <laughs> and it, it just keeps going, just nonstop. Just Suwama keeps turning on the Saitos, and yet they still continue teaming with him. And then they shoot angles, and then they just continue to team, and this angle just never ever ends. Well, Paul, I will have a question for you later on in the show about where the voodoo murders are going, and it may not be connected to what you may think. So we'll get to that 
Zero one. <laughs> in a second. Uh, the match was fine. Not great, but not bad. It's just, it's always, I mean, I like watching all these big guys run into each other. So, I mean, it's, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was fun, like, watching all of these, like, big guys run into each other and hit each other with moves. So that was definitely fun. It's just, like, you know, this whole angle is just not great. Yeah. And uh, it also doesn't help that they kind of, like, looked a little bit stupid as well. Like, you had Takao Omori just kind of see Tauru on the ring apron. Tauru goes down. Like, Omori runs into that ring rope, and then he gets pulled down. Like, what did you expect would happen? <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah, I don't know. Not exactly the smartest baby faces. Um, next up for the PWF World Junior Heavyweight title, Atsuki Aoyagi defeated Kaz Hayashi in 13 minutes and five seconds with a Firebird Splash to make the fourth successful defense in his reign. I thought this was pretty darn good. I went like three and three quarters, just a shade of below four stars. You know, I mean, Hayashi shows his age a little bit, but for the most part, he managed to keep up, and I thought it was pretty good. I thought this was a super solid uh, title defense for Atsuki. Uh, I thought Hayashi though was a really, really good base, which I think is something that he's excelled at in these kind of junior matches. Like, I think it's a really underrated base for high-flying juniors. So uh, Atsuki really got to show off even more of his high-flying stuff in here and just kind of flip around uh, around Hayashi and then still got a decisive win as well. So I thought this was a solid as hell title defense for him. Yeah, definitely. And so it was another good defense against a uh, veteran for Aoyagi. And then after the match, Kotaro Suzuki came out to challenge because we all thought it was going to be Suzuki or Doi. Yeah, and I do think that he is going to beat Suzuki, but then he is going to lose to Doi after that. Mm-hmm. And then in the main event for the World Tag Team Championship, Nomuyagi, Yuma Aoyagi, Naoya Nomura defeated Kento Miyahara and Takuya Nomura. Uh, in 22 minutes and 33 seconds, when uh, Yuma pinned uh, Kento with the Fool. Um, so basically, uh, Takuya and Kento have a very short reign of like 20 days. <laughs> and they didn't make any successful defenses on this reign. Paul, this was a pretty good match, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I thought this was an absolute excellent match. I went four and a half stars on this. Yes, so did I. It was great obviously um every, i mean i didn't watch it live and then i just saw everyone raving about it to the at a level that i hadn't seen an all japan match raved about in quite some time oh yeah some people were saying that this was the best all japan match since 2020 and i don't think it got to that level for me like obviously i still think it was a really really great match but to me it just kind of dragged a bit too much in the beginning like i thought it really once it really really got going in the second half i right. thought it was an excellent match but there was just kind of a whole lot of nothing in the first half. But the finishing sequence was absolutely excellent. Like, definitely one of the best I've seen recently, but just not enough for me to, like, go, like, all the way there. I agree. Uh, I thought there's actually quite a few people that went a lot higher than I did even, just even looking at those, like, cage match ratings and everything like that. Uh, is this the best match since the pandemic for All Japan? I don't think so. I think I, like, uh, Yuma versus Jake in the Champion Carnival Finals last year more. Oh yeah, I thought so as well. And uh, unfortunately, you and me were probably the only people that voted for it in the Voice <laughs> of Wrestling uh, year, Match of the Year poll. That's very true. Yeah, I mean, it's also like, well, how much of All Japan have you been watching the last like oh, three years? So, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, still an excellent match that, you know, you, it is worth absolutely going out of your way to see. I will say, though, with this result, it does make it very unlikely that Yuma Oyagi is going to win the Triple Crown in this upcoming match, though. Probably not. So on February 4th at the Tokyo Esforda Arena Hachioji Subarena, Naoya Nomura and Ryo Inoue versus Naruki Doi and Hokuto Omori should be another good one. Uh, I would assume that's going to be Doi and Omori. Uh, Tako Omori, Masao Inoue, Rising Hayato, and Ojishiba versus Black Mensa Rei, Riki Fuji, who I might remind you had a stroke last year, uh, Reijin Yaguchi, and Sushi. Um, I don't know. That's your comedy match. Um, Shitaro Shino and Ryuki Honda versus Dan Temura and Hikaru Sado, uh, which I assume is a is a tune-up match for them, leading for them back into the tag title scene. Yeah, I don't think it would make any sense for them for DOA to lose here. So yeah, I think this is just they finally get a win and get back in the title scene. Uh, Paul, we had some breaking news that came out about I don't know maybe twenty four hours ago uh, before we recorded. Uh, PWF President Dory Funk Jr. has authorized the use of weapons in the All Asia Tag Team Title match coming up on this show. So we have a uh, Tornado bunk ha- Bunkhouse Current Explosion Death Match. The champions Nosawa, Rongai, and Kendo Kashin versus Atsushi Onida and Yoshitatsu. Uh, I don't have any comment. Uh, except for I'm assuming Onida and Yoshitatsu win. But it's also possible that Nosawa and Kashin win. And then because there's still another show that they could drop the titles on before Nosawa retires. Now, does this go more than 10 minutes? Would they let Onida go more than 10 minutes in just a two-on-two tag? I would hope not. I mean, they absolutely cannot let this go to Mana 10. Uh, like, if you look at uh, tag matches that Onita's been on in the last couple of years, even, like, in six- and eight-man tags, they're, like, eight minutes long where they just hit each other with weapons and then <laughs> the match ends. And then um, we have Voodoo Murders, Suwama, Jun Saito, Rei Saito versus uh, Yuji Nagata, Shuji Ishikawa, and Yuma Anzai. Again, on paper, it could be good, but God knows what bullshit will happen in the match. I mean, I can tell you what will happen. Someone will turn on someone, and then the baby faces definitely get the win here. Yeah, Anzai could easily pin one of the Saitos again, so that's probably what's going to happen. Or he gets another pin on Suwama. Yeah. Also, the Saitos should finally turn on Suwama here. Well, the Saitos are going to look like big idiots if they don't turn on Suwama next. Uh, next up for the PWF World Junior Heavyweight Championship, uh, Atsuki, Ats, Atsuki Aoyagi defends against Kotaro Suzuki. I have pretty high, reasonably high expectations for this match, I think. Oh, yeah, I'm really, really excited for this match. Just based on how good Atsuki has been during this title reign and just based on how great of a worker Katara Suzuki still is, I think this has the potential to maybe even steal the show. Although, obviously, Yuma versus Kento is going to be excellent. But I have extremely high expectations for this match. Uh, yeah, I think that it definitely has that ch- possibility. And I think uh, Suzuki's in a little more better shape than Hayashi is. And then the, in your main event for the Triple Crown, Kento Miyahara versus Yuma Aoyagi. I mean, I'm assuming Kento, but I don't think Yuma's chances are z- at zero. But they're not high. I think Yuma's chances are about 25%. So I would say 75% chance Kento wins, 25% Yuma wins here. Yep. Obviously, if Nomiyagi hadn't won the tag team titles, 
then I would have actually reversed the possibilities here because then I would have said it's much more likely that Yuma's going to win the title, but because they won, I think they don't think they're going to make him a double champion. Now, what do you think the chances of a, a time limit draw are? Uh, I think there's a decent chance of it. To be quite honest, I hadn't actually really thought of that as a possibility until now. Because they did the Jake time limit draw with Kento, and then then they had Jake finally beat Kento in a triple crown match. So I just wonder if they repeat that there. They, they repeat this here. Uh, I guess, yeah, I could definitely see it happen. I actually, had, like I said, I hadn't really considered this as a possibility. But now I think this might actually have a decent chance of happening. And I was actually planning to lock this match up. But now I'm not so certain. But I don't know. Like, Yuma also just got a pin over Kento in a tag title match. So that actually makes me think it's actually reasonable that Kento just gets his win back here. So, you know what? Screw it. I'm still going to lock up Kento Miyahara beating Yuma Aoyagi to retain the title. Okay, actually, and I should have said I'm going to lock up Atsuki in the title junior title match. Yeah, that that's another good one. I that was actually my backup if I hadn't picked Kento here. Yeah. And so that's um that show and then we also got the announcement on February 19th the Triple Crown will also be defended at Cork and Hall. I mean, that's a really quick turnaround for another title challenger. Like I can't even think of anyone that would make sense here as a quickie title defense. Uh Suwama? Ugh, I'm just kind of done with Suwama title defenses to be quite honest. Yeah, but it's fine. Yes, but it's super uncreative. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll explain my theory in a minute, and a little later in the show, um, why I also could think could see it being Suwama. So uh, we're going to go and cover a New Japan show now for obvious reasons. <laughs> so we go to Wrestle Kingdom 17 in Yokohama Arena, drawing 5,533 fans, which is 3,000 fewer than last year. But again, I think Muda was cannibalizing some of that as well. Yeah, just like with All Japan, I'm not really worried about this number. But it was still significantly down from last year. Yeah, they drew like over 8,000. Yeah, but the Muda show probably cannibalized a lot of that. But it is a shame because it was a much better card than last year's. And in the dark ma- first dark match, Ryohei Oiwa and Kosei Fujita defeated Yasutaku Yano and Taishi Ozawa when uh, Fujita used the crab hold on Ozawa. This was great because it's one of those interpromotional uh, young young boys, young lions matches. Yeah, this was a ton of fun because the young boys are always like really hyped up to defend their promotion in these interpromotional matches. Yeah. Fujita really cranking that crab hold on Ozawa. I think Fujita is awesome. Like, obviously, it's still early and everything, but they clearly seem to be behind him, putting him in TMDK and everything. And yeah. I think if things go right for him, I think we could see him main event of Wrestle Kingdom uh, in a couple of years. I think he's also been the highlight from the New Japan side on the New Japan versus All Japan matches. Even though the storyline is Nakashima and Anzai, it seems they're building to. Well, yeah, because they can afford to feed Nakashima to Anzai. Yeah, and Nakashima seems to be the lowest ranked one of those guys, sort of. It's still kind of early, obviously, for all of these guys, but... Definitely right now he seems to be the guy be the guy to see the least in out of the current crop. Yeah. And then next up in the other uh dark match, Masakidamiya and Daki Anaba defeated Tomohoro Ishii and Oscar Lube. Is that how I say it? I would say Loiba. Loiba. In ten minutes and twenty eight seconds with a prison hold from Kidamiya on Loiba. Uh yeah, this was again pretty good. I mean obviously seeing Kidamiya and Ishii mix it up is is a highlight. 
and they laid into each other like you would expect. I thought the uh, interactions between Ishii and Kitamiya were a ton of fun, but I also thought that uh, Oscar Loiber actually held his own in this match as well. Well, he towered over those other two. <laughs> and Kitamiya and Inaba are short for heavyweights. Yeah, I actually saw Loiber at uh, 16 Carat last year, and that he's legitimately a very tall fucker. Mm-hmm. And then to open this first official match on the show, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Toru Yano, Satoshi Kojima, and Takashi Sugera defeated Naomichi Marafuji, Kenta, El Phantasmo, and Gato in uh, 12 minutes and 20 seconds when Yano used a horizontal crit on Gato. I don't know. This is sort of a waste of some of the talent in this match, I thought, but gave me vibes to the kind of matches you got last year on this show. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't watch that show not that long ago, and I actually forgot that this match even happened, so I have nothing to say. Yeah, yeah, it was completely forgettable. Like, I can't even remember El Phantasma doing anything cool. Um, Kenta glared at some people. Um, yeah, but next up, things turned up, I thought. Al Desperado defeated Yohei in 10 minutes and 57 seconds with the numero dos. I expected this to be pretty darn good, and it was, I thought. Yeah, I thought this was a really, really good, fun match. And I think Yohei really held his own in this match. Well, we've been a pro-Yohei podcast. Yeah, exactly. We are a pro-Yohei podcast. Well, at least for the wrestler Yohei. For Yohei's haircut, that, that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> but I really hope that this match actually helps turn some of uh, Yohei's naysayers around. Because I think there were a lot of people that were actually surprised by his performance in this match. Yeah, and and you could tell, like, some people probably hadn't seen Yohei in a while that saw this match. Next up, uh, we had Amaska, Junta Miyawaki, and Alejandro defeating Tiger Mask, Raisuke, uh, Raisuke Taguchi, and Master Wado in 9 minutes and 37 seconds with the Kai Koku from Amaska on Tiger Mask. Um, eh, it was okay. At least the Noah Juniors got to be highlights, I suppose. Yeah, I thought uh, Noah Juniors in this match was very clearly like outshone, like all of the New Japan guys that were in this match as well. Yeah. Well, Wado looked good. He did, but Maxa right now is just on another level to anyone else here. And then, and then um, the match that everyone's been talking about, Kazuchika Okada and Togi Makabe went to a no contest with Kaito Kiyomiya and Yoshiki Inamura in 6 minutes and 35 seconds when uh, Kaito decided to replay the uh, Maeda Choshu angle and kick Okada right in the head. And then... Uh, they brawled over the ringside and got rolled in no contest. Incredible angle. I thought this was an absolutely excellent angle. One of the best angles in Japan in recent years. Just The heat for this was just absolutely incredible. And I thought both men looked excellent in it as well. Now, should we talk about the match now or when we get to the preview? I think let's hold off on talking about the match until we get to the preview. Okay. I mean, it was incredible. Again, I'm not... You know what? I'm going to say I like the LIJ versus Congo stuff more. Uh, but this is up there with like one of the best angles out of Japan in some time. And uh, I mean, the amount of views that this angle's got on social media is like way bigger than the average New Japan or, or def- and definitely Noah angle too. I think this has sparked some massive interest actually into both Noah and New Japan. Like this has been a really big positive and I think it will actually affect the drawing of the Tokyo Dome show as well. Because previously, that was a show you go to because you want to see Kiji Muto's last match. Now I think there will be people buying tickets to the show to see Okada versus Kaito. Yeah, for sure. 
And then we move on to the LIJ versus Congo 5 match series. In the first match, Tadasuke defeated Bushi in 11 minutes and 9 seconds. Once again, we are vindicated because Tadasuke is good, despite what some may think. Well, and to be fair, Bushi decided to actually have his working boots on too. Oh yeah, Bushi for once actually tried to put in some effort and it was very noticeable. Uh, but I also thought that Tagaski Tadaska more than held his own in this match. And this was really Absolutely. both men putting in a lot of effort. Yeah, um, yeah there's probably always just going to be a ceiling on this, but I thought it was great. And uh, I'd like to see Tadaska get a big win like this. I really hope that this is the start of a bit of a push for him as well. He should probably challenge for the Juna title. Yeah, I agree. Because him and Amaska have a ton of history. So I think there would be a ton of heat for a title challenge for him. Yeah. And then uh, next up, uh, Hiromo Takahashi defeated Hajime Ohara in 13 minutes and 5 seconds with the time bomb too. Again, I thought this was a pretty good match. Not Ohara's biggest fan these days. Uh, and this is probably the best match I've seen Ohara in in some time. At least singles. Yeah, and like the last couple of minutes were really hot too, I thought. Not not that I was convinced O'Hara was could ever have a chance of winning, but I thought they did a decent amount of job of trying to fool you. Oh, for sure. This match just way exceeded my expectations. Like I think O'Hara is a piece of shit and I'm just really tired of Hiroma's deck right now, so I wasn't really going into this match with super high expectations, but I thought both men were really, really hard, and I think it showed, and they actually managed to get a really, really good match out of each other. Way better than I expected. Yeah. And then next up, we had uh, Manu in a bit of a surprise, although I think we sort of speculated that this could happen. Manu Busoya defeated Sonata in 13 minutes and 57 seconds with the Dando. I didn't just expect this to happen. I actually was so certain of it that I actually locked it up, and I got it correct. Oh, that's right. You did, and you were right. And not only that, it was awesome. Didn't we also say that this actually could be surprisingly good? Yeah, both men are obviously like very familiar with each other, and I think that really, really showed in this match as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like I'm not as low on Sonata as some others, but this is definitely the best Sonata I've seen in some time. Yeah, he really seemed motivated here, and to be honest, like I'm generally fairly low on Sonata because I had high expectations for him, and he generally tends to disappoint them, so I don't expect a lot of his matches, but. Him and Soya here, like, they just really clicked. Like, I think their styles were very complementary and just made for a really, really good matchup. Well, it also happens, it helps that it was under 15 minutes because that other last great Sonata match, I think it was Taichi in the TV title tournament, that had a 25-minute or 15-minute time limit, right? It was, like, the 25-minute, 30-minute matches that they put him in that were, I think, uh, taking the win, like, you know, tiring a lot of people. And then... Uh, we had uh, Shingo Takagi defeating Katsuhiko Nakajima in 18 minutes and 28 seconds of the last of the dragon. I don't know what else to say. This is great. I mean, if you gave him 25 minutes or 30, they could probably have like a true match of the year thing like that. I wouldn't probably put this on my match of the year list by the end of the year, but it came pretty close. I mean, what do you expect? Like Takagi being explosive, Nakajima kicking the shit out of him. Like, you know, it was as good as it could be for the, that, that spot on the show, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it was actually exactly the kind of match that they needed at this point of the show. And, yeah, I 
as I said, like if they had given them a few more minutes, they could have had an even better match in this true match of the year. And I think it fell just short of that. But what I was surprised about was that uh, Shingo kicked out of the uh, vertical spike. Yes. Yeah. Considering he was winning, you know, he didn't have to make Nakajima look that bad. <laughs> Obviously, Nakajima kicked out of the pumping bomber, but that's not even at the same level kind of move. No. And then the main event, uh, Tetsuya Naito defeated Keno in 26-57 with the Destino. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> Our first failed lock. Um, just because I thought they had to keep this feud going, and the only way to do that was Congo to win. Um, oh, silly Gerard. At this point, you should know that all the booking in Noah can only ever lead to one man, and that is Keiji Muto. Well, I didn't know that was going to happen, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen uh, reviews of this all over the place. I actually did quite like it. I mean, there were some times where it felt like it dragged, but at the same time, it was like, you know, this was also, I mean, there was some also great work in here, but it was also a vibes match where, you know, you're just vibing off of the these two characters. Yeah, I agree that it was mainly a vibes match. Like, I was a bit disappointed in the match. Like, I think there were, like, large parts of it where it just kind of dragged and the finish was also rather quick, but just kind of seeing like the most intense man going up against the most relaxed man was definitely worth seeing. Just I was expecting a little bit more out of the ring as well. I suppose you could say, I mean, I thought the finishing sequence was good, like for what they did. But at the same time, I feel like there's like Naito matches where it feels like he pulls way more out to have to finish the guy off. And maybe he should have given that, you know, Keno could have gotten a lot, little more. Yeah, he just... Kind of hit him with the Destino and pinned him. Like it was kind of nothing. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I still enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, I think it's worth checking out if you like either of these guys. I thought overall this was just a really good show, though. Yeah, it is a good. it was a good show. Yeah, I thought this was a really good show, but I don't think there was anything on here that I would put on a match of the year list. Mm-hmm. But still, I think it's, like, well worth a watch because aside from the old man tag, like, nothing really dragged either. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the novelty is what it is. And frankly, I'm not sure how many more, like we speculated on this show, like how long can Noah and New Japan coexist, uh, as they say, uh, especially once Muto retires. I can tell you exactly how long it's going to last. And that is until whenever Noah deems the heat has died down enough for them to bring in Kota Ibushi. (laughs) Yes. Um, Should we talk about him now? Yeah, let's talk about him now. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he's been announced for GCW. Uh, uh, he's on Bloodsport and then against Mike Bailey. And then uh, have they announced the match against him in versus Janela? Or is that just what everyone says that it's going to be? don't think that's been announced yet. Okay. Well, people are speculating the main event of Spring Break is Janela versus Ibushi. Anyway, um, so... I would say, I mean, from what I understand, he's not interested in going to DDT. So, I mean, he's probably not going to be on those DDT shows in LA at WrestleMania weekend. But if he is, maybe he's mended things, but I'm not expecting him to. I would assume that... I don't think Kota Ibushi right now seems like a person that is interested in mending things. Yeah. um, And he seems to be very gung-ho about being his, like, freelance thing. But I'm sure that Cyberfight's going to make him an offer, or Noah. I'm sure they've made him an offer, but I think they're also like a little bit hesitant right now to like 
bring him in in Japan. So I think it might be a while until we see him. Well, Tony Khan said something like, well, we have to like talk to him or something. Oh, for sure. You have to call. And I'm very certain that WWE has probably called him as well. Yeah. Um, did you hear that story about Ibushi at the Cruiserweight Classic? Where they offered him a contract and he was like, yeah, I have absolutely no interest of signing with you. Uh, did you hear the story? He didn't know who Vince McMahon was. Oh, yeah, yeah, that he didn't know who Vince was. Yeah, that it's very Kota Ibushi. Yeah, he just high-fived Vin- Vince and didn't realize who it was. Uh, did you also see the translation of his story with Taka Michinoku, where Taka's talking about Ibushi coming out with him at Taka Taiji Mania, where he told him before the match, like, you cannot come out with me, definitely cannot. And Ibushi, yeah, yeah, yeah of course, of course. And then he comes out with him uh, and it starts the whole thing. I also love Taka kind of trying to keep kayfabe here where he's like, oh yeah, because Ibushi came out with me. It distracted me so much that I lost in the first round. That's some next level kayfabe keeping there. I, I will say that story is probably accurate, but at the same time, I you know, is Taka the most reliable person either? I mean, probably not, but I also don't really see that he has a reason to lie here either. Yes, uh, that is very true. Uh, chances of Ibushi showing up on the in the royal on the royal road. I don't think all Japan can afford him, unless he starts. But I mean, if Ibushi starts showing up in grimy places, then I think all Japan must be in play. Guess if GCW can afford him. Well, yeah, but they're paying like Jordan Oliver like twenty bucks in a hot dog, probably. Like, they probably like look. If you look at it with GCW, like I've heard that a lot of those people. I don't know for sure, but you know, your standard guys aren't making that much money but i mean maki ito and rina yamashita and minoru suzuki all keep going back there so i'm sure they pay them well oh for sure and i'm certain that jeff jarrett also earned a lot of money for his match there yeah and then we move on to the very next day on january 22nd to the great muda final bye-bye in yokohama arena Eight thousand four hundred thirty-three fans which probably is not far off of what the max capacity was considering one side of the arena is blocked off by the Noah set. Well, the fact that there was a lot of people is the only good thing I can say about this crowd because we'll get into it a bit more, but this was an absolutely terrible crowd. Like they made no noise for anything at all the entire night. Uh, yeah, there was times where I was like, is this a clap crowd when I was watching the undercard? It would probably shock me the most was just even how little even the Muta match got because I would have at least expected that one to be over. Well... The entrances got noise. So we start off with Welcome to Bye Bye. Hajime Ohara and Hiroki defeated Atsushi Kotoke and Seki Yoshioka in 6 minutes and 41 seconds with a stuka splash from Hiroki on Yoshioka. Uh, I can only assume that Ohara and Hiroki are going to challenge for the junior titles, tag titles soon with that result. And it's the only thing that makes sense here because otherwise this just seems like a bit of waste. And it was too, sh- like it was fine, but it was also short for even for like a Noah junior tag match. I was surprised how short it was. Like it felt like it just got going, and then it was just kind of over, like out of nowhere. Noah's not afraid of, uh, you know, having like a ten, twelve minute opener compared to like New Japan or something. Uh, next up, who is the Valkyrie? Sayori Anu and Jungle Kiona, which uh, her first match in Japan since like the last Hana Kimura Memorial Show, which was her first match in Japan since uh, her like. Tons of injuries that took her out for like over a year, I think. Defeated uh, Natsu Sumari and Maya Yukihi in 13 minutes and 40 seconds with the Jungle Buster from Kiona on uh, Sumari. I thought this was pretty good. 
Uh, three of the four are great. Sumari's a vibes wrestler doing her uh, dominatrix stuff. I mean, I find her entertaining, but, um, you know, uh, you can tell that she's a, a, a works a level below the uh, these other women. Uh, and I thought Kiona looked pretty good. I hadn't seen her any stuff on the indies. I'm not sure if she was quite what she was uh, like when she left stardom, but she had like a shit ton of injuries. I think like knees and neck and back. And so, I mean, she still does look pretty good, all things considered. I thought she looked really, really good in this match. Um, just kind of worried of how long her body is going to be able to hold up, but... I think for now it's fine, and she seemed to be doing well. Yeah. Um, now we're talking about a GHC women's title. Well, you know, Shanshiro Takagi has said that he wants to do, like, a couple of times. I don't know how serious he is. But does he want some more traditional uh, Joshi promotion? Like, one that's not, like, idol-focused? Yeah, I guess if he wants to do that, then I suppose, like, building a promotion with a jungle Kiona. I mean, that's definitely worse ideas than that. Yeah, I agree. For sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the idea as well of having maybe like a bit more serious promotion. So kind of like the women's division is like the equivalent to TGPW's DDT, I guess. So yeah, why not? Yeah, I would assume that's what it was. And you can sort of, you know, more clearly uh, differentiate the styles of the two women's promotions and stuff like that. Although I will tell you, I mean, even... All Japan women's had idol performances before their shows. So it's, you know, it's not unprecedented to do that. Although I will say that TJPW has some excellent main events as well. Yep, for sure. It's just that their undercard can be a bit hit or miss. Yeah, hit or miss. <laughs> and, I mean, they also push idol wrestlers that are not quite ready to be pushed. Yuki Arai. At least that's someone new. Yeah, at least... Um, so then we move on to the best of Iron Man. Timothy Thatcher defeated Masaki Mochizuki in eight minutes and 44 seconds with a Fujiwara arm bar. I like this. This was pretty good. But poor Thatcher cannot generate any heat to save his life. Well, no, to be fair to Thatcher, like, no one was really able to generate any heat throughout this entire show. I just thought that with his style, I think that is a lot more noticeable when there's no heat. Paul... Thatcher was struggling to get heat on Dynamite tonight. Oh, really? I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, let's just say it's... Well, I'm not saying there was zero heat for the match, but it's not as heated as the last couple of Brian Danielson matches. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this was good. And then next up, this is Anarchy Time. Junta Miyawaki, Alejandro, and Yasutaka Yano defeated Yoshinari Ogawa, Eita, and Nosawa Rangai in seven minutes and 22 seconds when Ada got uh, disqualified because he ripped off uh, Alejandro's mask. Waste of time. I've seen it all before. I mean, I guess Los Perros de Mal de Japón have broken up, but like, like these guys are still having the same kind of matches. Like Ada even brought out uh, like their bag as well. So like it, it is like they have never even broken up. Like just have no time for these matches. Like they're just always the same. Next up, we had um, Wrestling Battle Cry. Jake Lee, Jack Morris, and Anthony Green of the Good Looking Guys defeated uh, Masa Kitamiya, Daiki Inaba, and Yoshiki Inamura in 10 minutes and 49 seconds when Jake pinned Inamura with the skewer front kick, which is just a high kick into the corner. Uh, I thought this was pretty good up until the end because, uh, well, I think Jake made Inamura look like a geek by just pinning him with basically what was a Yakuza kick into the corner. 
Yeah, I also really didn't get why that was the finish of the match as well, especially because Jake has so many different finishes where he just didn't use any of them. But yeah, I don't know. This match was also just kind of there for me. I think it was just like they're trying to like establish Jake as tough and powerful. I don't know. That's all, that's all I could come up with. Yeah, so the goal to do that is jobbing out Inamura who gets dropped out by everyone any like all the time anyway. I don't know if that really helps them. No, I certainly doesn't. So I don't know, but uh, they got plans for the good-looking guys. Yeah, I mean, it would be even weirder if they didn't like yeah. make a new faction and then break, literally debut a new guy for it as well. Like, so you you think they might add add more people to it, or you think they're gonna, just gonna stick with these three? I think it's just these three. I don't know who else could it be at this time, unless they got more people coming in. <laughs> they got Ibushi coming in. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would fit the description. Yeah. Although his hair is not long enough. No. Um, the next up for the under GHC martial arts rules, Kazushi Sakuraba defeated Hideki Suzuki by referee stop with a triangle choke. <sighs> Paul, like I know what they were going for, and I thought the last couple of minutes were good, but you can't do shit like this in 2023. This was so boring. This was so boring. There was nothing happening. Like, this yeah. was, like, worst stage, like, evolve, like, grapple fuck match, where just nothing happens. Because they were good, like, back when Evolve was doing that. Like, there were matches of that style that were really, really good. But there were also matches that were like this, where it was just two guys just lying on a mat for 10 minutes doing nothing. And that's what this was. Like, like because normally I like it if there is, like, a struggle for the holes. But, like, that wasn't even what they were doing here. Like, they were just kind of, like, lying there and... No, putting each other in holes until the finish. Which also kind of came out of nowhere as well, which normally works, but like in here, I was just like, oh, finally. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you can skip that one. Yeah. And next up to Rise Sky High, Ultimo Dragon, Amaska, and Ninja What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24-7 customer support, and you'll love this. None of those pesky monthly fees. 
Eufy sent me a Smart Lock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock yuffieofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Mac defeated Yohei, Casey, and Dante Leon in 11 minutes and 41 seconds with the ninja bomb from Mac on Yohei. Well, there's a lot going on here. First of all, they tried to get uh, Dante Leon to do the natural vibes dance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not the most uh, graceful person when it comes to dancing, let's put it that way. It's been nice to nope. him for once. And then uh, there's Yohei's hair. Yeah, Yohei's hair again. Uh, this is a Yohei F- Defenders podcast, but like his hair was absolutely atrocious in this one. Like him just putting <laughs> it into that weird ponytail, like it just looked like shit. I did like kind of Ninja yeah. Max new outfit though. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he continues to sort of, I don't know, tweak his look. Yeah. And it, I mean, it gets better, I would say. Yeah, definitely. It's like a little above like indie level now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely has put in a lot more effort now than, you know, Dante Leon has. Oh, for sure. Um, so for the match itself, I thought it was a little disjointed. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just wanted to like tease like Ultimo Dragon doing an acai moonsault, but they didn't. Yeah. I don't know. This Sunny like... Ono was also there for some oh, reason. Yeah, Why was he there? Well... Who's in the main event of this show? Yeah, okay, but I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows who Sunny Ono is in Japan. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. Like, okay, I get that him and Muda have history, and him and Ultimo have history, but like, nobody in Japan knows who the fuck he is. Yeah, and it's not like even that the people in the US that know who he is that he would be like a draw for them to tune into the show. Because people, like, no, even the people that remember it was like, oh, yeah, right, Sonny Ono. I kind of forgot about them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Yeah, no. It, like, like I said, this entire show was just kind of like mad. There were some cool spots wise. in it. Yeah. You know. Uh, and then next up, Champions Night, Kaito Kiyomiya, Takashi Sugera, Satoshi Kojima, and uh, Hio Del 
Dr. Wagner Jr. defeated Keno, Katsuhiko Nakajima, Masakatsu Funaki, and Manabu Soya in 18 minutes and 36 seconds when Wagner pinned Soya with a moonsault press. I mean, this is uh, your standard sort of upper of the card Noah uh, six or eight man tag. Pretty good. Um, and uh, Wagner pinning Soya, do you think that means anything? I'm not like in terms sure. of their upcoming national title match. I think it definitely increases Soya's chances of winning because he also beat Sonata as well. So I think he has more of a chance now to win. But yeah, I, I think that match is still kind of fifty-fifty on who is winning that one. Yeah, it's also but weird I mean, that that was like the only one where it was like champion against challenger. Yeah, because the other three Congo guys aren't challenging for anything anytime soon. I would say this was probably the best match on the show, just in terms of uh, quality. It's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> Other than the Joshi tag, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, I, I I wasn't really happy with the match quality. This was a bit of a show. slog for me to get through. Yeah, yeah. Like This was really like kind of like comparing the New Japan X-Noah show and this one. Like The New Japan X-Noah show was just way better than this one. Yeah, I watched them in chronological order, too. Yeah. Um. And then finally, the end of Nightmare. Great Muda, Sting, and Darby Allen defeated Naomichi Marafuji, Hakushi, and Akira in 22-23 with the Shining Wizard from Muta on Hakushi. Now, first of all, I heard from people, ah, oh, this is a spectacle match like mm-hmm. Muta versus Nakamura. You mm-hmm. know, it's not great, but you should, you'll watch it and you'll enjoy it. I like Muda versus Nakamura about a billion times more than oh, this match. Oh, God. The entrance, like, people are like, oh, it's a spectacle just for the entrances. And I watched the entrances and I'm like... There was nothing special about these entrances <laughs> at all. No. No. Like the like little fucking farty like turning pyro that Muta got. It was just like this is supposed to be the big entrance for Great Muta's last match after the after the entrance he got at the at the I Nakamura Akira's match. Entrance was cool. Akira's entrance was cool. But I, I also like Al- Darby's uh, entrance, I think, with the like bye bye skateboard. That was nice, but like Everyone else just kind of had a normal entrance. Yeah. I don't know. Like, um, especially, especially, I mean, after the Nakamura, like, since the Nakamura and Muta match was in the same month. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, those entrances are, like, from a completely different planet. Yeah. And the match itself was... Okay, so they started off with Hakushi and, and, and Muta, and they mm-hmm. just, like, did nothing on the mat. Nope. And then there was like all the angle stuff throughout the match where like the match crawled to a halt because Muda had to like knock over the, that other monk, yep. take the wooden board and break it and stab Hakushi with it. I will give Darby Allen credit for getting over though. I think he did. Yeah. But to be fair, it's a style that makes it very easy for him to get over. Yes. And he had some stuff with Marafuji. Seeing Sting and Marafuji mix it up was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, because that's never happening again. No. <laughs> um, Sting certainly did not put in his full effort, but I didn't expect that he would because no. he's also talking about retiring. And I don't think he wanted to, like, tort, tear a muscle. Yeah, like uh, someone else did. In wrestling in Japan. And, uh, you know, the finish was not bad, with I suppose, for what it was with the coffin drop from Darby and then the Shining Wizard mm-hmm. uh, from Muda. I thought Akira looked good, though. I think oh, Kira looked, looked good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, 
he's 56, but he's been a part-time wrestler for like over 20 years. So. Yeah, it, it's really noticeable when you see these guys in there that are like about the same age and like which guy has been a regular and which guy has not been. And, well, same yeah. thing with Hiroshi Hase, who's even yeah. older. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, this was Muda versus Nakamura would have been a more fitting uh, final Muda. Yes. Match, no, like I'm probably like in like five years or so, I'm probably not going to remember this, whereas I'm very much like going to remember Nakamura versus Muda. But Muda had to go over in his final Muda match, I'm yeah, sure. That, yeah. That, that was some part of it. And of course, it has been revealed, well, after the show, Muda was getting pushed around by Darby in a wheelchair backstage. <laughs> and Muda has torn a muscle or has both of his calves are injured or something like that. Yeah. And um, he's in a wheelchair. He was at a wheelchair at like some K1 Awards event or something like that today. Mm -hmm. Guess who was pushing him around in the wheelchair at that award show? Kaito Kiyomiya. <laughs> of course he was. Of course he was. <laughs> like I said, at this point, I'm not blaming Muda or like even Noah for any of this. This is just purely on Kaito at this point. Yeah. But Kaito probably feels like he still has to do this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He'll um, never learn at this point. I don't know. We'll see. No. Um, so, okay. Uh, I guess we'll just talk about it now quickly. Paul, is this injury work, shoot, or a little from column A, a little from column B? I think it's a shoot because he's getting wheeled, or, like pushed around in a wheelchair. In public. Yeah. Like, I don't think he would do that, like, just based on how much he was just trying to put off retirement forever got all of these like yeah. medical procedures and everything and trying to not look weak ever. The fact that he's getting pushed around in a wheelchair in public, I think to me is like a fact shows that it's not of work. Not, I don't, I, well, I mean, you could say you sound horrible, but this is professional wrestling and you, you can never discount these things. Oh yeah. But my, 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 you know, I've seen other people say this is like, well, he's playing up how banged up he is because he's losing to Naito. Yeah. But see, I don't think he's losing to Naito. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> uh, which brings us then to, um, yeah, and on the whole, I didn't like this. Well, yeah, I didn't like this. No, show. I, I didn't like the show either. I thought this was kind of a waste of time. Um, so we will go o over. Actually, Paul, did you notice that the great Kabuki who accompanied them was one of the most over people? Yeah, he got the best well, so reaction. I tell you a thing show. or two about the crowd. Yeah. Like, that's why that's why no one else was over because this was a crowd where like the biggest guy was the great kabuki so um kabuki who's god he's slouching over and can barely get in the ring he can still wield those yeah. nunchucks though yeah i i really feel like they were trying really hard to get to agree to get kabuki to agree to be in the match itself and they he's and 74. he just wouldn't do it so that's why they had to put morifuji in there He's 75, yeah. like, you know, um, so, and in horrible shape. Yeah. I mean, all, you know, um, or his back looks completely toast at least. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to the dome show in a minute, but we just quickly go through these other Noah, sh uh, cars that were announced. So, um, I'll just go straight to the cork and, oh, so in, uh, the green dome, Maybashi. You've got Kaido Kiyomi and Yoshiki Inamura versus Jack Morris and Jake Lee. I think we can all assume who's eaten the pinfall on that one again. 
Yep, that's going to be Anamura. I mean, that one, that one makes a bit more sense, though, because Morris has a title shot coming up. Yeah. And then Star Navigation 2023 at um, Cork and Hall on February 5th. Uh, Kiyomiya Sugera and Marafuji versus Jack Morris, Jake Lee, and Anthony Green. Uh, Satoshi Kojima versus Masakita Mia. Mm-hmm. That could be fun. That should be fun. And yeah. then the GHC national title, Wagner versus Soya. Mm-hmm. I'm still 50-50 on it. Yep. Finally, the Kenya Okada return match. Remember him? Yeah. <laughs> Finally, he's back. <laughs> he's back in pop yeah. form. <laughs> Kenya Okada and Taishi Ozawa versus Tadasuke and Hiroki. Well, at least Okada won't be eating the pin in his return match. Yeah. Well, probably. <laughs> yeah. And then Timothy Thatcher and Hideki Suzuki versus Misaki Mochizuki and Shuhei Taniguchi, which uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that one should be a ton of fun as well. I just realized um, Thatcher probably got on a plane right after Dynamite. Because he's, oh, yeah, he's he has to be sh- back here for this he, already, yeah. He's on the show on the 4th. So he basically got onto a plane after the Muda show to, be, to go to Dynamite, and then he got onto a plane right, right away to come back here for the 4th. Well, I mean, you kind of part of you, you have to do something like that, yeah. especially get your name out there. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and then Great Voyage twenty twenty three in Osaka at the Osaka Edion Arena on February twelfth. El Desperado and Nosaru Rangai versus Yohei and Seki Yoshioka. Kazuyuki Fujita, Hideki Suzuki, and Timothy Thatcher versus Masato Tanaka, Masaki Mochizuki, and Yoshiki Inamura. Naomichi Marafuji, Hio da Dr. Wagner Jr., Amaska. And Ninja Mac versus Masakatsu Funaki, Kazuhiko Nakajima, Shuji Kondo, and Hiroki. That seems like a bit of a styles clash with some of the people in this match. <laughs> a little bit, um, yeah. Keno and Manabu Soya versus Jake Lee and Anthony Green. I kind of want to see that. Um, I want to see Keno and Jake. Yeah. No, I thought I think that's going to be an interesting Is Keno going to humiliate Jake in a promo? That's oh happen, God! Right? <laughs> yeah, the promos that Keno can cut on Jake Lee are. Uh, and Jake Lee can't add, respond voted... properly as well, because it's not a good. Uh, promo. I voted in the Observer Awards, mm-hmm. and do you know who I put down for number one on best interviews? Oh, Keno. I did. Yeah, like I, to me, that's also no contest. Like I think he's just excellent. Like his delivery. Is I just, just read the great. translations. And yeah, incredible. I mean, it's not even like for me. It's also like I'm very much a like. It doesn't really matter what you say. It's how you say it, guy. Yeah, and like just his delivery on everything is just on point. Even if I don't understand what he's saying, like I, the emotion still comes across. Yeah, and then for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Title, uh, Yoshinori Ogawa and Ada versus Juta Miyawaki and Alejandro. They could just please change the titles. Yeah, I mean they also kind of teased like a hair and mask match as well. Yep. So we'll see if they'll actually do that or not. But, I mean, this gives something Junta for Junta to do now that he's back and clearly getting a push. Yeah. And this Ogawa and Ada stuff, I mean, I love Ogawa. And Ada's great, but not like this. No. No. <laughs> um, Atsushi Kotoge versus the uh, debuting Drillistico. Yeah, I mean, Kotoga doesn't really eat a lot of pins, but would be weird if Dralistico loses in his debut, so I guess he's winning. 
Yeah, well, they found some new luchadors to replace Alpha Wolf and Dragon Bane. Yeah, I mean, I think Trilistico is like he's perfectly acceptable. He's not either of his brothers. No, 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 no. He's definitely like the third if you rank the brothers. But yeah. like he's still like better than solid better man. than their dad though. It's, I mean, that's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm, let, let me think. Okay, who's worse? Uh, Bestia or Kendokashan? Mm, now? Yeah. Like in 2023? Yeah, now. Bestia. Or no, Kashan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's close. <laughs> uh, peak of their careers, probably Kashan was a better worker. Yeah. When they were younger. Because um, Bestia was never good. Well, Kashan also was never good, but... I yeah. <laughs> slightly disagree on that. I had I, I like Kashin for a couple of years there, uh, in the late '90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then for the GHC Tag Team Title, Takashi Sugera and Satoshi Kojima versus Masakitamiya and Daiki Inaba. We talked about this on the last show. I think we think that it would be a good chance to make this team and give them something mm-hmm. to do. But I don't know. I, the more I think about it, the more I think they're losing. Yeah, I don't know. They feel like a little bit colder now than they did before. Yeah. So I also don't know. I still think it would be the best idea to actually give them the titles, but yeah, I'm also leaning more towards actually Kojima and Segura retaining here. Should be a good match though. Yeah. And finally for the GHC heavyweight title, Kaito Kiyomiya versus Jack Morris. Jack's finally getting his title shot. Yeah. And I have pretty high expectations. Not the highest, but Mm -hmm. you know, decent. Yeah. Like I think this should be a four star match. Oh yeah. I I actually thought about locking this one up originally, but it didn't pass the mirror <laughs> test to me because I just don't think Jack has any chance of winning. Well, maybe someone will come to the senses and say we need to protect the GHC title. Yeah. <laughs> from losing to the IWGP <laughs> champion. Yeah, but I don't like. I mean, one thing I will say though is that this show is probably like a it's a big test for Kaito's drawing power. Yep. Because it's like he doesn't really have a challenger that is like any kind of draw, as far as we know. I mean, he's never been in a drawing position. Uh, and there's also not really anything underneath as well that would be like a draw as well. So this is like purely on Kaito himself on how big is his star power to actually draw a crowd. Uh, Paul, this draws 900 fans. They're taking the title off. Oh, the yeah. No, he's getting soccer kicked in the head by Fujita and Baby baby cradle pinned or perhaps hit with a northern light suplex by hiroshi hase <laughs> i really don't think that's going to happen just based on how much well, shit no because hase's catching a lot of flack for the, yeah exactly for wrestling as governor. <laughs> far more so than he ever did i think when he was in like the house of representatives mm-hmm. yeah but uh, he's in an executive yeah. position now no but i think if they if they actually like do like a panic title change i think he's like eating like a shiranui or something like that that's also very possible. Um, and now, finally, we go to the big show. And there's a lot to say about the show, Paul. A lot to say yeah. about the show. Keiji Muto Grand Final Pro Wrestling last. And I might add that this last is in quotation marks. <laughs> it's this symbolic. Uh, probably is at, the, at the, the rate his body is falling apart. Yeah. No, I, I'm it's, like it's, now. It's, like, Muto can't come out of retirement because he's going to be too Yes, that I think that's no at this point. How much he wants? To. Yeah, I think this is not much of a question of does Keiji Muto want to come out of retirement after he does this? 
Absolutely it is. Will he actually literally physically be able to? I don't think he will be physically able to come out of retirement. No. Because he's he would literally love... crawling. Like he might actually have to crawl to the ring for the for his final match. Yeah. It's like some like late stage Andre the Giant stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean at this point will we see like like this is actually kind of getting similar to the wrestler now. Where like literally like the end of the match is like Keiji Mutu going up for the moonsault and then the show just cuts away and we will never find out what actually <laughs> happened. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so uh, dark match starting love Masa Kitamiya and Daiki Inaba versus Yoshiki Inamura and Yasutaku Yano um, also if they're tag team champions would they really be in the dark yeah match? exactly that's to me is like kind of a giveaway that they're not winning <laughs> and your Tokyo Joshi a pro offer match TJPW Spark Yuka Sakazaki Miyu Yamashita Shoko Nakajima and Rika Ta- Sumi versus Mizuki, Maki Ito, Miyu Watanabe, and Yuki Arai. Speaking of idols that are pushed yeah. when they're not ready. Um, they've sort of mixed up the teams here. Mm-hmm. So they've got like uh, Rika and uh, Miyu Watanabe on different sides. Mm-hmm. Ito and Yamashita on different sides. So I figure this will get 10 minutes and, you know. I mean, to be, be fair, good, I, I, I do like the matchup here because it is the four pillars essentially or yeah. rather the four pe- only four people that are ever allowed to win the title in Tokyo Joshi <laughs> That's uh, true, yeah. versus the other four basically or the other four that should re- reasonably at some point win the title as well yep and Mizuki's probably winning it in March yeah well hopefully it's about yeah. damn time <laughs> and another uh, dark match world warrior battle Takashi Sugera, Satoshi Kojima and Timothy Thatcher Versus Jake Lee, Jack Morris, and Anthony Green. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's another kind of giveaway that Inaba and Kitamiya aren't winning. Because we'll probably yeah. get like a good looking guy's title challenge out of this one. Yep. For sure. And then uh, first listed match. New Explosion. Yoshinori Ogawa. Eita Hayata returning match. Chris oh, yeah. and Daga of all people. Versus Atsushi Kotoge, Yohei, Seki Yoshioka, Alejandro, and Junta Miyawaki. Yeah. Um, sure, why not? This could go either way because, like, some of the people, like, this is like, we want to have, like, a multi man, almost lucha influence mm-hmm. match, but then you got Chris Ridgeway in there. Not that I, I love Ridgeway and Ogawa, but they're not, that's not their style of match. No. Uh, Daka. From I don't know. Doc is not very good, and I have no reason. Now I haven't seen him in a while, but no one has. I think he's working like really low level indies in the in Mexico. Yeah, in Mexico. Like I think he doesn't even make cage match. Yeah. So I don't know. And I mean, he this is the good. Hayata return match. So like, let's be realistic. Hayata is just getting the win here. Yep. Penning Yoshioka or Alejandro or someone. Yeah. Uh, DDT offer match. Dramatic dream future. Uh, Mao Shunma Katsumata Yuki Ueno Toy. And Toi Kojima versus Tetsuya Endo, Hideki Okatani, Yuya Koroku, and uh, Takeshi Masada. Well, with the exception of Endo, they're giving some of their younger talent a spotlight, which mm-hmm. I think is good. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. And I mean, still, the, the firewall between Noah and uh, DDT holds. Not allowed to have any crossover matches, apparently. Yep. I guess, I mean, at this point, it really has to be like 
something coming from Cyberfight where they want to keep it like like exclusive to like the Cyberfight festival because it just doesn't yeah, make any sense that it never happens otherwise. No. Should be a good match though. Yeah. No, no, this should be a ton of fun, yeah. And then Dragon Gate versus Noah, Shun Skywalker, Kai and Diamante versus Naomichi Marafuji, Hiro to Dr. Wagner Jr. and Ninja Mac. I think this should be pretty good. Yeah. This should be excellent as well. Just and get the, course, get the Ka- uh, Zebrats guys in there. And of course, Kai works Mudo's retirement show. Of course. Like, it should not be surprised about it at all. Yeah. Next up, the, va- the main event in my heart. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, and also, shockingly high up on the card. And one, actually, when they announced the card for the show, one of the few things that got like a genuine reaction out of the crowd at the Muta Bible. Well, yeah, like the Okada in Kaido got a bigger reaction, but this got yeah. a much bigger reaction than I thought. Yeah, because I think people All are Japan. aware of the history here. Yeah, All Japan versus Noah, baby. Kento Miyahara, Suwama, and Yuma, Aoyagi versus Keno, Katsuhiko Nakajima, and Manabu Soya. Paul, they did it. <laughs> they actually did it. I mean, here's the question, though. Will Miyahara and Nakajima actually share a ring? Yes. I believe they will. Will it turn into a shoot? <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably not, but it would be very... Will Nakajima you... accidentally knock out Kento? Uh, it's not impossible. And I mean that I mean that as an accident, too. Yeah. Um, have you seen the Nakajima interviews? Oh, yeah. No, they're excellent. <laughs> He's such a shithead. Oh, you'll have to ask Kento. Yeah, I don't know. Well, to be fair, I also feel like the whole, all of these issues are much more from like Kento's side than Nakajima's side. Well, yeah, because Nakajima was the bully from all Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think Nakajima really like... Maybe he dislikes Kento, but I think Kento definitely dislikes Nakajima way more than the other way around. Yeah, that would make sense. Well, yeah, Kento's the one that sort of left. Probably, he probably could have stayed in No if he wanted to. Yeah. But he left. Yeah. I mean, to be um, fair, it was also pretty clear that All Japan was like, hey, we're going to build you up to BRAs. And that probably was like true. one of the factors as well why he left. But he was probably also like, yeah, I don't want to deal with this asshole anymore. And that was also at a time when they were really starting to push Nakajima. So he was like, yeah, no, fuck this, I'm out. Well, and Noah wasn't, lo- well, I mean, All Japan was in pretty dire straits, but Noah wasn't exactly looking hot either yeah. at this point. Yeah. But yeah, finally, they're back in the ring together. So, I, I mean, this should be excellent, though, the whole match. Yeah, if they give him enough time. Yeah. Now, is Soya eating a pin or is Soya pinning someone? Because I could see Soya in the champion carnival. Uh, if Soya wins the title, then I think he's not taking the pin. I think Nakajima right. might be taking the pin in that case. I don't think the Ultra Pen side is losing. Like, you have the Triple Crown champion in there, like, regardless of what happens. Like, yeah, if Suwama challenges, then actually, completely regardless of what happens between now and this show, the Triple Crown champion will be in this match. On one of these three men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Noah has shown that they're willing to sacrifice all of their guys. Yeah, exactly. So, But to a smaller company? Yeah, because I think they're also not winning the Dragon Gate match either, because the... Uh, open the Dreamgate champion is yeah. in there with Shun. Yep. Um, Soya probably. So, so yeah, they might actually lose all of the like cross matches here. Unless, well, Paul, there's so much to unpack here because Paul is Nakajima winning the Triple Crown this year. You think he's going on coming over to All Japan? Look at all these shows that they've got booked in bigger venues. 
Yeah, so you put Nakajima on there as if he's a draw. He's a probably could draw better than what All Japan is doing on their own. <sighs> Plus, you got the whole inner promotional thing. I mean, I guess so. I mean, I'm just think, think I'm just is... thinking back to the last time Nakajima came into another promotion and won that top title and how that ended oh, for that promotion. Right. So <laughs> I don't know if I really want that to happen. To be quite honest. <laughs> Um, it would be very I know, I cool. Just, I just don't know if that's good for the long term. I health. think this is the start of something. I mean, hopefully. I mean, if it um, is, then yeah, I would say that all Japan side is losing. But if not, then I think this is just kind of a one off as well. Soy was already in all Japan this year in January. Sure. I don't know. I just Soy seems like a guy that's going to be in the Champion Carnival. I don't know. I just have this gut feeling. Yeah, we'll see. We we, we shall see. I mean, we, we'll probably get the like. Champion Carnival announcements relatively soon. I don't think Nakajima winning the Triple Crown is out of the realm of possibility, though. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, also, you think Suwama... Also, a couple of things. Kento's entrance to the Tokyo Dome will be awesome. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, no, that would be great. And since and this will that, be a cheering show as well, like, that will help as well. Do you think Suwama's really going to come out there as Voodoo Murder Suwama? No, I think... That might be the one thing where I'm like thinking that they might finally blow that angle off because I don't think they want voodoo murderers at Tokyo Dome. No. Which is why I could see Suwama losing again. Yeah. And then the finally they do the turn. Or they're just doing the angle yeah. or something. Where maybe he finally comes he out in his old gear like at the show for the first time or something. Yeah. That's sort of the vibe I get. I feel like Suwama has a voodoo murder in the Tokyo Dome yeah. and Mudo's retirement show. Wait, what even would be Suwama's gear when he's not in a faction? Because I'm trying to think, when was the last time Suwama wasn't black, in a faction? Black trunks. Yeah, because that was when he was a young boy, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because I was like, oh, he just goes back to his blue tights. I was like, no, wait, he had the blue tights because he was in evolution. So yeah, what even is his color? <laughs> just black trunks and yeah. the, the, the blonde instead of the red. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Hair. Um... But uh, this is my most eagerly awaited match of the oh, show. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Like, I'm free. Well, I mean, I'm also really looking forward to Kaito versus Okada. Yeah, uh, honestly, this is bigger. <laughs> this is a decade in the making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and there, there is that real danger there as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about this match? <laughs> no, I, I, think this is, I think this has very high chance to be the best match on the show. It kind of depends how Kaito versus Okada goes. Or even Amaxa versus, versus Hiromu, yeah. Hiromu. Like those, those three are like, them. that would be such a great, excellent, just three excellent matches back to back to back. But then obviously someone had to insert himself right into the middle of that. Yeah. Although I hope, I just hope these guys really want to go out there and steal the show because I feel like Congo, given the way they've treated, might want to do it. Yep. And All Japan's really got to make a splash yeah. on this show, yeah. I think. At, at a show like this, so. this is like, them their chance to like get some eyeballs onto them yeah and then so we move on to the like the top of the card basically final delucha nosawa rongai and misada versus taiji ishimori and gato yep um i don't know this is a match <laughs> that will happen will there be so is someone getting pinned or is this ending in a disqualification i mean it is nosawa's last match uh, uh, technically uh so I assume, yeah, there's probably going to be some fuckery here. Yeah. Or Taiji Ishimori uh, just pins Masada or something like that. 
I have no other feelings of this other no. than we'll find like if if Nosawa doesn't retire, he'll probably just like say haha tricked you at, yeah. um, at after or this match. Like even or even if he technically says he's retired, like how long do you think it would be until he's back? Like I would say like three months. Oh. Black Tiger 7 mysteriously appears. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would say three um, months, maybe. Maybe he does take some time off, and then he just comes back under a mask or something. Yeah. Next up, Tokyo Tornado. Amaska versus Hiromu Takahashi. Paul, this should be pretty good. Oh, yeah. I yeah. have pretty high expectations. I, I also have Whatever you high. want to say about Hiromu, he can still work. Yes. Pretty darn well. Yeah. No, he is still an excellent worker. It's just his whole thing is just... Kind of tiresome, but I think Amaxa yeah. is just, he's just really on like a super high right now. Like he's really like, I always thought he was one of the best workers, but he really is kind of the best guy in the Noah Junior division at the moment. Yeah. Paul, after the results of uh, Wrestle Kingdom in 17 in Yokohama Arena, uh, you can make all of these reasons why like Amaxa could win or should win. Like you can say, well, Keno should have beaten Naito. But until they actually do it, I'm just assuming all the New Japan guys win these absolutely big matches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the one reasonably where you could say maybe. 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 But. I'm still, yeah. I would not put money on that. No, no. Because if Muto if Muto is beating Naito, then they probably have to feed, then Noah probably had to feed two champions to New Japan to allow that in return. And, that's also, yeah. and that is also just the most appropriate way this whole Mutu Noah relationship can end is with Noah having to sacrifice two the two top singles champions in return for Mutu winning in the main event. Yeah. So next up we have shining through Kaito Kiyomiya versus Kaz, uh, Kazuchika Okada. Um, I, I'm assuming Okada wins. <laughs> I would assume as well. I think I think the ceiling for this is match Again, of the you year. Can make a, you can make a great business case on why you could string this out to yeah. two or three matches. Yeah. But no, Okada's just going to I win. think Okada's also going to By win. By having Kaido won. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's going to be it. Maybe they'll see each other again in two or three yeah. years. But I don't know. But I think the, the ceiling for this is match of the year, to be quite honest. Sure. Absolutely. But it's, I still can't get over the fact that they're just going to sacrifice the GHC champion. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, I mean, unless they're not. Like, if they really want to make a splash... But I, they, okay, so there is one off chance where Kaito actually has a chance of winning here. And that is if Okada actually loses the belt beforehand. Probably not. If he loses it to Shingo or loses it in whatever title defense he has in the US coming up as well. Oh, that's right. Like, he has two title defenses before this, essentially. Yeah. So if that happens, then I think Kaito has a chance. Yep. If not, then yeah, it, it, New Japan is not having their top champion lose in the Tokyo Dome. I should add, no company would have ever allowed this to happen before. Yeah. Now, I guess they could do a 30-minute draw. A draw is a possibility here as well, but yeah, I don't know. I think the most likely outcome is just Kaito eats a Rainmaker and gets pinned. Although, yeah. it, if Noah had any self-respect, they wouldn't allow that to happen. But Yeah, they, yeah. They, like this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. But I, I still it. think, though, that like I know it's kind of a tired trope, but like, yeah, yeah, Kaito's really going to benefit from this loss. But I, I think it is still going to help him. Like, it's a little different than the other ones, yeah. I agree. Because there's Okada some, is the biggest star it. in Japan. Yeah, but there's something about it I don't like. No. Um, 
So, and then finally, Pro Wrestling Last Love, Keiji Muto versus Tetsuya Naito. I'm assuming Naito wins. I'm assuming Muto oh, wins. You never know. Okay. Like I said, I don't, I, don't, I don't foresee New Japan to just sweep like the last four matches. Yeah. I think they're at least um, losing one of these. And I think this is the most likely one where like just New Japan just sweeps the, like, the, from like the last uh, Nosawa, from the Nosawa retirement match to like the two champion versus champion matches and then Naito loses in the main event. I don't think gonna, Muto goes out on his back. Naito is going to lose to the world's worst looking shining wizard. Oh God, how is it? I don't think he can even do that if his thigh muscles are like gone. Did you see how bad that shining wizard looked that he pinned Hakushi? Yeah, with? because that when he had already torn his muscles. So he couldn't get his... Yeah. He can't move your legs up all that much if your thighs don't move. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, God. Hopefully... We'll, we'll be done with this and Noah can stop doing stupid things to <laughs> for New Japan's attention. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, we'll see. It's, I, I, I'm just happy uh, once we're done with all of this. Just after everything ready to just move happens, on. Or I got to say, because before I said I would prefer All Japan working with uh, New Japan mm-hmm. over Noah. Well, now that they managed to get Kento in the ring with Nakajima and given the way that... Um, Noah is just giving New Japan whatever they want. At this point, I actually think maybe All Japan and Noah could benefit from a more, I don't know, equitable relationship than yeah, yeah, than just other, these other companies yeah, yeah, yeah. with New Japan. I mean, the other thing is as well that New Japan is way, way, way more willing to give things to All Japan than they are to willing to give things to Noah. Yeah, but that's because it's like the old guys, yeah, yeah and, and guys like the young boys and everything. Like, yeah, but if you wanna. You know, you want Sonata, or no, not Sonata. You want to use Naito, then he's pinning Kento, right? Yeah. And they would play that hard ball even harder with All Japan than Noah, I would assume. Yeah. Given the size of the company. I mean, but like but. this will like this will like sell a shitload of tickets though to show. Yeah. I I expected to do more than Wrestle Kingdom did, which yeah. was what, twenty six thousand? Oh yeah, I know. I mean because also that Wrestle Kingdom like to me, didn't really draw like a super great number either. Yep, Paul, they've convinced me to buy this pay per view. I gotta say, oh though. yeah, no, this is this is On actually the like a must watch show. Yeah, all Japan versus Noah match yeah. alone, actually. No, for me, it's also like I want to be there when yeah. an errant penalty kick breaks <laughs> Miyahara's jaw. Uh, maybe, maybe that's why they need to flip the title to Yuma to just so when when they don't get they they don't get fucked over the same way DDT did. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I mean, I don't think that will happen. I have heard, I don't know how accurate this is, but Kento and Nakajima have reconciled to a mm-hmm. certain extent in the not-so-distant pa- or in the more recent past. Yeah, that, then so. it makes a lot more sense. But, like, in theory, like, in theory, you have to get Kensuke and Hokuto here, though, right? To, like, do something Well, I mean, if you want to do an... If you're doing... Oh, I, oh, I've run this in my head. If you want to do an angle, like a longer-term angle, you have... Kensuke and Hokuto, like, do something where they, like, get in the ring at yell- and yell at them or something. I don't know. <laughs> or you have, like, I've had to be fair, but, like, the thing is Nakajima is, like, the shitty heel here, obviously. Like, he's yep. the... So, you, like, because otherwise you would have... Because, obviously, you can't have, like... And then again, it is wrestling, so you would have, like, Nakajima attack Kensuke or something, and then Kento comes in for to, to defend him or something like that. Yep. 
and then like an exasperated Akira Hokuto slaps Nakajima in the face or something. Yeah. <laughs> be like, what have you done? <laughs> You're no longer my son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which that would also build some genuine like like mainstream interest because both of them are like actual like TV stars. Yep. So like that that could actually build some genuine heat for both promotions and it could actually draw some like real money with that. So yeah, actually you've kind of talked me into this being like more of a long-term thing as well. I think it is. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Because it just seems like the... It seems to be slow rolling, but it's like, okay, well, okay, so there's more and more to this All Japan and No relationship that comes out every month. Yeah. So I really, I really like... Because I think Congo in All Japan, I think, would really add something as well. And also oh, gives, sure. like, a fresh, like, row of, like, new challenges for, like, if Kento retains, like, that way you could actually, like, string out, like, because we were thinking, like, if Yuma isn't winning here, right, I don't think he's winning Champion Carnival now because he's getting a title challenge already. Well, Paul, here's another thing. That Champion Carnival final, oh, I think I forgot to mention, mm-hmm. the Champion Carnival final is an Oda Ward. Yeah, you need a big match for that. Yeah. And that would, which is immediately, like, who, you know, know a guy in that yeah. final. Either, uh, either Kendo or Nakajima. Yep. Or it could be like Sugura. I mean, I don't think you can rule that out either. Look, Sugura was supposed to be in a champion carnival in 2020. Oh, I know, yeah. We still need to get that 2020 champion carnival lineup back to some degree. Maybe not all of them, but <laughs> some of them yeah. that were announced for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think. I think this would be a very like mutually beneficial and like I said, yeah, no one, no one needs something once Muto is gone to like get some heat onto them as well. Cause they or certainly some... haven't really gotten anything. Like they've, they sold a lot of tickets out of the Muto retirement show, but it definitely hasn't really like, I mean, obviously the there's a ceiling. These two all Japan Noah feud, mm-hmm. given the size of all Japan, yeah. but you could actually pop some decent Korokin numbers by Noah standards. Yeah. Definitely. You know, with st- this sort of thing. Especially because right? all Japan draws better than Korokin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just think it's, I'm way more warmer to it, in part because I think all Japan won't necessarily get... I mean, there's some stupid th- stuff going on with, obviously, Kasha and Nosawa's the all these tag team titles. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to necessarily get walked over, walked all over um, like you think they would. Yeah. No, I, I think there's definitely... Like, it's also, like, something, like, excellent for, like, the first half of the year until... Uh, yeah, so yeah, for like Champion Carnival and maybe something after that. And then you have the Cyber Fight Festival. So I think this would be like an excellent idea for like both promotions to just keep doing this as well. Yeah, for sure. So, Paul, do you have any other closing thoughts? Uh, we're about to head into a very interesting yeah. month. Yeah, I, I'm just ready to be done with this whole KG Motor deal. Like, I'm just, I just want to see what the promotion does afterwards, like how they draw afterwards. And, Whatever happens will happen, but yeah, I'm just happy that we're finally closing the book on this chapter of Noah. Yeah, because everything else in Noah has been really good this year, and so this, yeah. but this continues to sort of cast a shadow over it all. Yeah. If whether or not he even makes it to his return. <laughs> Be the most mood of thing. Oh my God, yeah. But I, I expect him to wrestle in it. Yeah. And I mean, I will give him this. He is a trooper. Yes. 
through his physical conditions, yeah. if you consider how banged up he really is and how long he's been banged up for. Yeah. That's also why I'm his thinking were, he's making it to this match because he genuinely doesn't his give a shit. His fucked by like 1995. Yeah. <laughs> Which was in a long... That's, that is nearly 30 years ago at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, like... Like, he very clearly doesn't give a shit. Like, he will just find some way, even if they have to, like, literally, like, I don't know, inject steroids into his legs before he comes out of the curtain. And then when he comes back behind the curtain, he literally collapses and never walks again. I don't think he cares. Yeah. Yeah, so I expect him to. I just don't know how horrendous that match could be. I mean, I'll say this about Naito, just to be brutally honest he's not exactly always the greatest in carrying more limited opponents no. either no especially not these days i mean this this is literally this like almost zero working knees between the two of them <laughs> <laughs> so yeah when winner gets a stem cell transplant <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean the, the, i mean i think i do i will say naito will be motivated because oh, it is sure. kind I of mean, part of his origin story is muto so like, this makes all yeah. the sense in the world why this is the last match. Well, yeah, but it wasn't that... They had a match in the Dome and Muto won, right? Yeah. So, shouldn't Naito... Well, whatever. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I want to be done with this. Because, like, well, it wouldn't would make sense for problem. this person to meet Muto now. It's like, yeah, yeah, it would. But then they don't. <laughs> I mean, someone like Tenru, who probably did a lot less jobs than Muto ever did... Mm-hmm. Once he became a star, still put over the young guy in his retirement match. Yeah. Well, you know who didn't put over a young guy in his retirement match? Kobashi. Inoki? Oh, that's right. Kobashi got the pin on Kenta <laughs> with a moonsault. No, wasn't it Kanemaru? Uh, what's Kanemaru? Oh, yeah, it was Kanemaru. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a little different. I said Inoki, but Inoki is a different level of star. Yeah. Um, so, so it, like, yeah, it, it really is kind of like a mixed bag in terms of like guys in Japan putting people over in their retirement match. Yeah. For the big ones, it stars anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, or, or most infamously, Onita <laughs> in his first retirement match. <laughs> yeah. Decided to just beat the young up-and-coming Hayabusa and then get the hell out of the promotion. Yep. <laughs> that really helps. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So soon our nightmare will be over, but it'll be a l interesting couple of weeks leading up to the show. Yep. All right. So we'll be back probably in a couple of weeks time, still before the uh, actual retirement show, because God knows there'll probably be more news. And we'll talk about um, the All Japan show mm -hmm. on the fourth with the Triple Crown match and the junior title match. So we'll see you. Uh, so for Paul Vosh, I'm George Atrolli, and we'll see you in two weeks. Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.